Hello and welcome. You are now listening to the Space Witch Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Whitney Levesque. I'm an intuitive tarot reader and professional astrologer. And this is my podcast where I take um, different esoteric ideas um, and make them easy and accessible for everyone or make them easy for everyone to understand. Um, I also talk a lot about tarot and astrology. And um, yeah, thank you so much for being here this week and thank you for joining me here on this podcast. I know I'm a day late um, and honestly, Mercury retrograde is my literal excuse, which I know that sounds um, kind of, I mean, it's it's an excuse, so it sounds like an excuse, um, but like for real, you guys, like this retrograde, it's, I usually, like I love retrogrades and I will say that this retrograde has actually been very beneficial to me where I've been doing a lot of planning, a lot of rethinking, reorganizing, getting lots of ideas. Um, I have a bunch of stuff that I, I cannot wait to put out after the retrograde's over. But yeah, like this this week in particular has just been crazy. Like, uh, you know, I completely forgot that I had to record podcast episodes last week. So I didn't have anything ready to just post on Tuesday and then... Uh, something happened at work, so I had to go in and work on the day that I normally put the podcast episode out. So that's why I'm here today um, making this podcast episode for you guys and um, just getting caught up because I really am trying to be more consistent for you guys because I, I know that that's really important to a lot of you. So I'm sorry I missed this one day, but I promise next Tuesday you guys will have a new podcast episode up for sure. Um, thank you guys so much for bearing with me. Um... Um, I really, really, really appreciate it. And yeah, so this week I wanted to talk about the four most important things to look at when reading a natal chart. Um, these are things I always talk about whenever I do a reading for anyone. Um, it's it's like basically they're just they're so crucial and I'm obviously going to go into why. Um, but these four things, it, it's kind of all together. They're called the natal cross because when you look at your natal chart, it forms a cross. Um, and this cross is so crucial to getting insight when you look at someone's chart. And I figured today I would talk a little bit about that. Also, I'm apologizing in advance for the quality of this week's podcast episode. I decided I'm not really going to edit anything because I just want to sit down and talk and get this episode out for you guys so that you guys have something to listen to for this week. Um, and then I promise the quality content will come back out next week. So I apologize if I'm stumbling over my words or saying um a lot. I can already tell in th that now that it's only been a couple of minutes that I'm probably going to keep like losing my train of thought because again, I'm running on like very little sleep today. And, you know, like I said, this Mercury retrograde has been totally kicking my ass, but it's been really good at the same time. So just bear with me and thank you for, you know, like I said, thank you for bearing with me already. I super, super appreciate it. And without further ado, let's get into this week's podcast episode. So I think the first thing I probably want to talk about is the you have the, the what's called the MC or the Midheaven and the IC, which is known as the um, immune. I'm probably going to butcher the name of this, but the the immune coli or um, it's also called the nadir in some some cases. Um, you might also see these as being your fourth house and your tenth house in your natal chart, because um, that's the thing. This cross, like there are lines in your chart, but they're also kind of associated with the houses as well. And 
this is like so 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 important because so you have the fourth house or the ic which is your home life your private life your family um this shows like who you are in private how you are when you're alone and then you have your MC or your midheaven, which is like your career, your status, who you are in the world, how you show up for interviews. Um, it would be the personality you would kind of have if you were like a fam- famous celebrity and you were on a big public platform. Um, it's it's how you appear in job interviews. Um, Alyssa Sharp on YouTube says that this is like your, your online persona, like how you appear on Facebook or Instagram. Um, you know, I know for me, like my, my midheavens and Sagittarius. And so when you guys listen to this podcast, you guys probably, you know, hear me as being like more of a Sagittarius. Whereas like if you met me in person, you'd probably see like, you know, more of my Aquarius ascendant or my, you know, Virgo sun or whatever. But yeah, so these are so, so crucial because, you know, I, I've always looked at at the IC and the MC as, you know, where, where you started and how you grew up versus, um, where you're going or where you want to go. This is like, you know, I, I view the, the midheaven as like, you know, your big dreams and your big goal. Well, actually, I don't know if I would say big dreams and goals. Cause that's a little bit more of like a little bit of 11th house stuff, but I always see it's like, it's like the person you aspire to be. It's who you want to be. Um, and on your on your IC, that's like, you know, who you are and where you're starting. Um, and like I said, it's how you act in private. And there, there's so much you can learn from this, like especially like depending on like what planets are there or what signs are there. Um, there there's so much that you can learn. So whenever whenever I look at a chart, you know, if I see like Pluto in someone's fourth house or uh, Saturn, you know, I immediately am like, okay, like you, you had a really challenging, uh, childhood like this. There was something here that was a struggle for you. And then a lot of it's based on like aspects and the sign that it's in. Um, same thing. Like if I see someone has, uh, I don't know, like my boyfriend, for example, he has Venus in his 10th house. So if I see someone has Venus in their 10th house, I'm like, oh, people really like you at work or you're a very likable person. Um, I would almost say too that if you have Venus in your 10th house, that's probably a really good aspect for someone who like wants to be famous or someone who might get famous because if you are, um, you know, let's say you make YouTube videos or something, you know, you're going to come off as being really, really likable and people are going to see that and they're going to gravitate towards it. And, um, you know, it can bring a lot of money in for you even in some cases, even though the 10th house isn't like a money house, but I I could see as potentially doing that. And so your 10th house, you know, that's where you want to look if, um, or your, you know, midheaven, that's really where you want to look if you want to know, like, you know, if you're stuck in your career and you're like, I don't know what the best career path is for me, you, you want to check out the midheaven and, you know, just look up like what, what sign it's in or whatever, because, I mean, the best way to look at it is the way I do it anyways, is like, I think about the traits of a Libra or a Scorpio or a Sagittarius and I'm like, okay, if I, you know, what kind of job would a Libra be really good at? Or what kind of job would a Scorpio be really good at? That's kind of just the mindset that I take on when I'm, when I'm looking at the 10th house. It shows, so like I said, it shows your goals, your aspirations, um, just really like wh- where you want to go in life. Like what status do you want to be at? Um, you know, I always think a lot about Kanye West when I talk about the midheaven because his midheaven is in Aries and I think his rising is in Cancer. And, you know, he, we see all the, the 
like dumb stuff that he does that a lot of people would say is like you know inappropriate or bad and it's funny because a lot of the stuff that he does like to the public when I look at him like that's very like Aries characteristics like he's impulsive but he's also a little bit of like a a pioneer in a sense because you know Kanye always talks about how he wants to innovate and make new fashion and make new uh, music and art like he's very passionate about that stuff and he's very passionate about like being your own person and all that stuff is very like like Aries like qualities um, a lot of people don't talk about this but like Aries are the pioneers of the zodiac they want to trailblaze they want to be the first to start new things um, and they're very interesting in that way um, the other thing is that you know, he has a cancer rising. So I always think like, you know, Kanye must seem totally different when you meet him in person because cancer is so different from, from Aries, you know, it's a much softer, kind of shyer, quieter energy. So I always find that really fascinating. But yeah, so that's like, you know, that's one way to get insights from like looking at a natal chart is looking at the midheaven and seeing like what they would want to do for a career where they want to go in life and then looking at the fourth house and trying to get an idea of like what their home life is like, you know, so you want to think like, what you know, what sign, what is this sign like in per in private or what, what, what would a, a family of this sign be like? Um, you know, those are the kind of questions you want to ask when you're looking at the, the IC or the Nadir, because that, that's where you're going to learn all that stuff of like, who is this person in private? And the other thing is, and this applies for the MC, the IC, and then the ascendant and the descendant, which I'm going to talk about in a bit. Um, every time you see these signs, they're always going to be opposite signs. And I always say that opposite signs are like two sides of the same coin, you know, so they usually have something in common, but they, they handle things like very differently. So you always want to kind of put that, um, into practice as well. So, um, a really good example is I'm going to use my chart. So, my fourth house is in Gemini, or my IC is in Gemini, and then my midheaven or my 10th house is in Sagittarius. So based on, on that, just from my chart, um, and this, this is why I love astrology, because I learned about this very early on, and I found it to be so, so true for me. Um, so people with like Gemini on their, on their um, IC or their fourth house, um, they tend to be people that are very studious, like they like to learn, like when they're alone, like you can find them reading books or listening to podcasts or um, watching documentaries or, you know, whatever it is, like they really like to learn and they like to like be on their own. Um, but on the flip side of that is, you know, people with Gemini and their IC, they can have like very tumultuous home lives because think about it, like Gem- Gemini is very like, it's a moody sign. It's kind of scattered. It's all over the place. It's not very tied down to one thing. Um, people people with Gemini and their IC, they might also move around a lot, which is funny to me because um, personally, like I, I grew up in the same house. Like I was born in the house that I grew up in and I lived there for I don't know, 18 or 20 years. I forget what age I actually moved out. I think I'm, I might've been 19, but anyways, I was born in that house and I lived there and nowhere else for years. And as a kid, I used to dream about like traveling and getting out of the town I lived in and going somewhere else because I had just been in the same place my whole life and my family didn't really travel. I mean, we did travel like a little bit, like we'd go on vacations to like New York or like um, we took one trip to Tennessee, Tennessee one time to go see um, Elvis's house. But um, that was the extent of it. Like I never really got to go anywhere growing up. And 
Yeah. So um, it's just funny because once I reached the age of like 18, 19, uh, suddenly like my living situation changed so much and I, I, I moved around kind of a lot, not a lot, a lot, but like more than what I was used to um, because I, I moved out of my parents' house to somewhere else. And then I finally, me and my boyfriend bought our own house and then I moved again. And this time I moved to Maine from Massachusetts. So um, it wasn't until I, I got older that that played out a bit more. But anyways, um, I'm getting off topic here. But so, yeah, so Gemini, I always think of Gemini as like, you know, the student, right? Like the student who's like hungry for knowledge and wants to learn and asks a lot of questions. Um, And then on the flip side of that, you have Sagittarius, which Sagittarius is my midheaven. And Sagittarius is like the teacher. He's like the guru, you know, that wise teacher that already knows everything. And so... In my case, when you have Gemini in your IC and then Sagittarius on your midheaven, it's kind of like this this dynamic of um, someone who studies a lot when they're alone and wants to learn. And then they take that stuff that they've learned and they're like, you know what? I want to share this information with the public. I feel like I'm an expert. I've read enough books. I've watched enough you know, documentaries or whatever. And I know about this. So I want to talk about it, which is funny because that's really what motivated me to start this podcast is I loved astrology and I'd been studying it for nine years. And I was like, you know, it's time. Like, I'm just going to make a podcast where people can listen to this. So um, yeah, so that's kind of why, like, you know, you guys might view me as like this teacher or I, I don't like the word guru really, but that's a word that people associate a lot with Sagittarius um, and someone who's like very open minded and worldly and all this other stuff. So um, that's kind of the dynamic of that. Um, you know, I, I like I think I can't remember if I said this already, but I always see the fourth house is like where you are and the 10th house is like, you know, where you're going, where you aspire to be. So like for me, like I've always aspired to be this teacher or, you know, guru or whatever words you want to use. Um, you know, like I, I love taking information and teaching it to other people. And that's that's why I do what I do and why I'm so passionate about it, about it. Um, this is fun, fun for me to do. And um, with Sagittarius on the, on my midheaven, especially like having work that I can do that's also fun is super, super crucial and important. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of all I have to say, I guess, about the the IC and the MC. Um, you know, it's your private life, how you are alone, and then your family, and then your midheaven is, you know, your status, your career, where you want to go in life, what you aspire to be. So if you want to know like what, you know, where you aspire to go, go, (laughs) if you, where you aspire to go to and where you're coming from, just look at your IC and your MC and really think about like the traits of those signs and think about like what they have in common and what differences they have. Because even though they're opposite signs, like I said, they're two sides of the same coin. So they do have a middle ground and maybe that's a podcast episode I'll have to make for another time. Um, but that is something that I find is super, super important when it comes to looking at the MC and the IC. So, Okay, that is all I have to say about that. Um, Moving on to, let's talk about the Ascendant and the Descendant. So your Ascendant is your first house, or it's near your first house, and then your Descendant is your seventh house, or on the cusp of your seventh house, or whatever the the technical term is. Um, And so basically, the whole deal with that is your Ascendant is your your general sort of persona, it actually colors your entire chart. Um, So what a lot of people say is like everything in your chart kind of gets filtered through the ascendant. 
So if you're just new to astrology and you're looking at your chart, you might find that you actually resonate a lot more with your ascendant sign than your sun sign. I know that was definitely the case for me early on when I was getting into astrology when I was like 14 or 15. And now as I've gotten older, I I feel like I've, I'm, I've been more in that like Virgo space than my Aquarius space, but it doesn't really matter because that influence and that energy is always going to be there. And so really your ascendant is, that's how the world views you. That's how they see you. It's like their perception of you. Um, it's how you come across to people. It's also a big explanation for why you might attract the types of people that you attract um, because it's like that first layer of your personality that people always see. So, um, you know, this gets weird because if you have like a sun or a moon or even Venus or other placements that are in a different element than your rising sign, you might feel like you attract like the wrong types of people or people that you don't really vibe with. So for me personally, like my my chart is mostly like water and earth but um my ascendant is in an air sign so i have this like very detached aquarius air sign rising and then i have my mars and venus and cancer which are you know completely different energies from the aquarius in my chart and i feel like it clashes so much because like i attract a lot of fire signs and other air signs and in a way it kind of works out because i am a virgo sun virgo Mercury so like I, I like to talk to people especially air signs because like they're intelligent and I just vibe with them um, and you know even even then like I feel like even though I have water in my chart I feel like I also clash sometimes with like water sign people because of my detachedness from all the earth and air but um, yeah so it can get really confusing sometimes like if you have mismatched elements and if you're not sure what that looks like um, traditionally in astrology when it comes to any type of compatibility, um, air and fire signs tend to go together or fire signs and fire signs or air signs and air signs. And then earth and water are elements that tend to work together. Obviously, like you don't have, this isn't like a hard rule because there's so many things that go into a natal chart that, um, you know, you can really vibe with anybody. And I, I made a podcast a really long time ago about my favorite, like unconventional astrological pairings, because even though the elements aren't the same, um, you know, you can still find things that you have in common or, you know, ways that you vibe with other signs, even if they're not traditionally like a good match for you. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of what that is. Um, yeah, ascendant is just, it's how people view you. It's kind of shows like the type of people you attract. It's like your that first layer of your personality. And then on the flip side of that, you have your descendant. And this is also like on the cusp of your seventh house, which is traditionally ruled by Libra. And this house is all about relationships. And it can be any type of relationship. It doesn't have to be a romantic relationship, even though that's typically what we think of and something we can look at for sure. But it's also, you know, just how we handle relationships, whether that's, you know, with friends or family or whatever. Um, and so whenever, like, if if you want extra insight into what kind of person you are attracted to or what kind of person you want to be with, look at your seventh house for that extra layer of depth because the seventh house is going to show the type of person that um, you're going to be attracted to. So like for me in my case, my seventh house is in Leo and I also have my son in Mercury in my seventh house. So um, for me, like I'm apparently very attracted to, and I didn't notice this till way later after I had kind of 
developed my dating history, but I I noticed that I do tend to be very attracted to people who are very confident and like funny and outgoing, but also people who are very intelligent, which is where that Mercury influence comes from. I really like people that I can talk to or have a conversation with. Um, so looking at the planets there is very important. Looking at the sign it's in is very important. Um, and of course, because it's your op- the opposite side of your ascendant, this can go both ways. Sometimes you might find these people to be super annoying. Um, I know for me, like, again, like, even though I love really confident people and people I can talk to, like, you know, I also tend to be very off foot by people who are, like, very loud and very into themselves and very, like, um, you know, hey, everybody, look at me type of, type of a deal. So, um, it all, like I said, it all depends on the sign that it's in. Um, so you would kind of like have, again, you would just have to think like, okay, what are the traits of this sign? What's the good traits? What's the bad traits? How do I feel about them? How does it resonate with me? Because that's the thing, everything in astrology, it's going to resonate with you a little bit differently. But um, you you can learn a lot about like the type of relationship someone might be looking for by looking at that descendant or the seventh house. Now, there's a flip side to the seventh house because not only does the seventh house show relate like how you handle relationships and the type of relationships that you look for, but it also shows um, your shadow side and where you need to do some shadow work. And this is something I always go over with my clients whenever I do natal chart readings because I think shadow work is just so, so, so important. Um you know, it's one of those things where it's it's hard and it's a little icky and messy and we don't always like to look at our shadow side. But, um, you know, I'm really big into Carl Jung and, you know, he always says like, you know, um, if I can't, I'm going to butcher this quote, but he has some quote along the lines of, you know, if I don't look at my shadow, how am I supposed to be whole? And, um, you know, that's the thing. If we want to be whole within ourselves, we have to integrate and accept that shadow side because, you know, there's, du- like I always say, there's duality in everything and one can't exist without the other. So um, it's really important to take a look at, at that shadow work and see like, what is this telling me? Now, if you're wondering how your shadow side kind of plays up in the natal chart, um, I'm trying to think of the best way to describe your shadow side because a lot of it is like, I guess the best way to put it is your shadow side is kind of like things that are traits that you have, but you sort of reject um, and you don't like fully accept it. Um, that's that's probably the best way I can I can put it out out there to you guys. And I, I might have to make a separate podcast episode on this because there are so many ways that shadow work comes up in our lives and different ways to work with it. But for right now, we're just talking about astrology and how it comes up. So in astrology with the shadow side, it's much more like, um, how do I put it? So I have a couple examples. So, um, my first example is like, I, I know someone who's a Sagittarius rising, right? And Sagittarius, they, they're the type of sign that wants to be perceived as being mature and they want people to see them as a teacher and a guru and like someone who knows everything. But on the flip side of that, on their descendant, they have Gemini, which is, Gemini tends to have like more childlike qualities. It tends to be a little bit more immature. It tends to be a little more scattered and like um, just all over the place and not really knowing all the answers. And so this person that I I, I, I knew with Sagittarius Rising, um, you know, this person would always tell everyone like, guys, stop being immature. You guys are so immature, blah, blah, blah. But meanwhile, like while he's complaining about everyone being immature, um, you know, this person would also do a bunch of things that were 
also really immature. So it made him se- made them seem um, a little bit hypocritical. Um, so that's kind of like one way that comes out. I know for me with um, my chart, so I'm, I'm an Aquarius rising and Leo is on my descendant. And so for me being an Aquarius rising, like I try to be like really humanitarian and I try to, you know, um, really care for other people and get behind humanitarian causes. Um, you know, like I'm vegan. I don't eat, eat or use animal products. Um, you know, I care about the environment. Like, you know, I'm very into like these worthy causes and, you know, activism and all this stuff. And it's just funny to me because then I think about it. And then at, on the flip side of that, like I have Leah, which is known for being a very selfish sign. And I have all these people telling, you know, not that it happens a lot, but it does come up a lot in my life where people are like, you're so selfish, blah, blah, blah. I can't believe you're being so selfish and all this stuff. So pay attention to like what people tell you, like consistently throughout your life um, and what comes up for you because it's going to be different for everyone. Um, a lot of shadow work is just kind of thinking of these traits and thinking, well, I'm not that. And then it turns out you actually kind of are. Um, so when that stuff comes up, like I really, really encourage people to just observe it and pay attention to it and to ask yourself questions like, you know, how, how can you work with this better? How could you, you know, do things differently? And just acknowledge it and send love to it and um, embrace it because it is part of who you are. You know, <laughs> nobody is all good or all bad. And nobody's perfect. Like, just like, you know, are there signs that I kind of like more than others? Sure. But also, um, you know, just like with all the zodiac signs, like all the zodiac signs have good and bad traits about each of them. I could take my least favorite sign and I could easily sit down and write down like five positive traits about that sign, even though they might be my least favorite sign. Um, you know, I can still find the good in all of them. Same thing with all the planets too. Like you can find good and bad things about all the planets. Like there is good and bad in everything. Cause like I said, one does not exist without the other. And then the last thing I wanted to mention about the seventh house is, um, so as I mentioned earlier, the ascendant or the first house is, that's how people view you. The other thing to keep in mind is when you look at at the seventh house, that's also going to be how you view other people. Um, this is how you sort of filter things out and view the world around you. So in my case, like I'm an Aquarius rising, my descendants in Leo. So I see everyone as being like, you know, everyone's a Leo in a way. Like I view people as being like very wrapped up in themselves and very like, hey, look at me. And so what that does is because I view people that way, my Aquarius rising is like, well, I'm not going to be like that. I'm going to care about other people and I'm going to donate to charities and donate to animal shelters and um, raise awareness for this cause and openly speak about this. And I'm going to, you know, go vegan and buy all organic and whatever. And um, it's just another way that we we filter things through our natal chart. And um another good another good example of this is my boyfriend for example he is a Scorpio rising so his his descendant is in um Taurus and when we first started dating I was talking to him about this and I I was telling him about how your other side of your charts how you view others and blah 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 and so it's interesting because um with like Scorpio rising like people see you as being very secretive and brooding and like maybe a little bit dark and mysterious 
or um, really sexy because Scorpio is all about that sexual energy and that appeal. And on the on the flip side of that, you have Taurus, which is very um, not as intense and emotional as Scorpio. It's very grounded, um, very comfortable, very practical, very like, you know, sensual, even like they Taurus is like they love to envelop like all their senses and everything. And so what's interesting is with that Scorpio rising that my boyfriend has, like he feels like, you know, he's skeptical of everything. So he sees through like all the bullshit and all the like fake stuff in the world. Like he feels like, you know, he just sees through everyone's shit and sees through all the madness and the craziness. And like he just sees all the secrets and like, you know, he can read between the lines. And that's a very Scorpio thing. And then on the on the other hand of it, he and he told me this once that he's like, yeah, I feel like other people are just like sheep, like, you know, like they just sit in their houses and they eat food all the time and like they watch TV and they just like they don't like see the things that I see, you know, like they're just like cattle or something like he literally I'm not kidding you guys. He literally like uses these words. And so I just find it so interesting to, to see how other people view things based on their natal chart. So, um. Yeah, that's another thing you can look at when you are looking at the seventh house is like, okay, this is how, you know, look at your ascendant and be like, okay, this is how other people are going to view me. What are the traits of the sign? And then you want to look at the other end of it and be like, okay, um, you know, how do I view other people? Because the way you view other people is, it, it's funny how they play together because it's going to sort of affect like how how you act and how you you decide to be because you're like, well, everyone else is like this. So I'm going to be this way instead because I think this is the right way to be and um it's, it's just really fascinating how astrology plays so many different roles and can give us so many different new perspectives and um we can learn not only about ourselves but about other people you know like and I don't mean that in the sense of like reading someone's chart but just like looking at your own chart and seeing like how you interact with the world and how you filter things out and how you see things so um, I think that's all I have to say for today. Um, those are my, my, my tips or not tips, but like the four most important things you should look at when looking at a natal chart. I hope this was helpful to you guys. Um, if you guys got a lot out of this episode, if you enjoyed it, do me a favor, do a screenshot, share it on Instagram and tag me, um, leave a review on iTunes and a rating. It helps me out like you would not believe. And I super, super appreciate it. Um, if you're listening to this on YouTube, please do me a favor and give me a thumbs up, like this video, and subscribe to my channel. It means the absolute world to me. Oh, by the way, while I'm here, um, if you're listening to me on like a podcast or something, or I mean, not a podcast, oh my God. If you're listening to me like on iTunes or Spotify, um, feel free to check out my YouTube channel because I did a live stream on Instagram. Um, last week where I talk about Mercury retrograde and I uploaded a video to YouTube about where I talk about um, Mercury retrograde and it's just like a fun little coffee chat with me. The beginning's a little awkward because I'm not used to live streaming and like live streaming is such a weird experience to me but um, it was really fun. Um, Hopefully once the retrograde's over I'm actually planning to do more live streams either in the Facebook group or on Instagram and um, they're probably going to get shared to YouTube as well. So um, any three of those platforms, if you want to follow me on there and see what I'm doing outside of this podcast, um, you know, follow me on Instagram at space.witch.astrology. And you can also check me out on YouTube, which is just the Space Witch podcast. And I'll, I'll leave links to all this in the show notes. Um, in And check out the Facebook group as well before I forget. Um, that's going to be there too. Um 
And yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, also, if you guys listen to this episode and you're like, wow, I didn't know like all this stuff. Um, my books are open for readings. If you want to know more, like if you're like, oh, I want to know more about my chart specifically and I want some insights. Um, my books are open for readings for November. So um, shoot me an email, uh, spacewitchreadings at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram. Uh, I will gladly arrange something on either of those platforms. Um, I love you guys so much. Thank you so much for listening. And before I forget, I just remembered that someone messaged me on Instagram last week and said that um, they thought it would be really cool if I ended each podcast episode with an affirmation or a couple of affirmations that you guys can um, just keep and use and take with you for the week. And um, I actually did that this week. I wrote down a couple of affirmations that I thought you guys would enjoy. You can write these down somewhere where, you, where you'll see it a lot. You can write them down 10 times and say them out loud to yourself 10 times. Whatever feels good to you. That's just an easy way to use affirmations if you're not sure how they work. Um, and so, yeah, so the I came up with like four different ones. So some affirmations I'm going to leave you guys with and I'll post these on Instagram too if you guys want to just see them or share them or whatever. Um, so the first one I have is my current situation is not my final destination. And then we have um, I honor and embrace my shadow side. I am not my past. I choose to look at the world through the eyes of love. And those are your affirmations for this week. I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. I love you guys so much. And don't forget, you are so much more than your sun sign. And I will catch you here next time on the Space Witch Podcast.